the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Well, Tyson, I think today we could call our podcast Three Dudes with a Beard, seeing as none of us have shaved lately. So I'm really excited about having our guest today. His name is Joe Paluzzi and... Joe is the author of many fantastic marketing books. He was also the host of a great podcast on content marketing. It's something that I listened to week after week. I was quite sad when it ended. He's a a master at content marketing. He's going to teach all of our lawyer friends today about content marketing. Joe, welcome to the show. Jim, thanks for having me, Tyson. You should know, Jim, that we restarted. So the, the podcast you're talking about, which is called This Old Marketing, you know, I took my sabbatical and we're back on the air. So uh, there you That's go. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. As soon as I ask this question and whenever I'm done, I'm going to go to my phone and start and hit the subscribe button. So that's that's good to hear. You know, I know we're going to talk a lot about content marketing and all kinds of stuff, but Robert Rose who's my co-host and I, we stopped the podcast at the end of 2017 because I took 2018 off entirely. Now we started that podcast back up almost a year ago and I swear the majority of people still don't know that we're back on the air. So it, it proves like you have to be consistent in this stuff. And when you stop, you might not ever get your audience back. So I wish we would have kept it going, but I did enjoy the year off. That's something that Jim and I have learned is just consistency is key. Just keep going, keep producing. Even if you're not feeling like it, keep producing, keep pushing it out. But before we get to all that though, like tell us, tell people about your journey. A lot of people don't, the, the, the people that don't know who you are, tell them about how you got to where you are now. Oh man. Uh, so, I mean, the publishing side or marketing side of it, I started in the publishing business in 2000, worked for a large business to business media company and fell into this practice area that we now call content marketing, which is, you know, instead of interrupting our customers with advertising, we're going to focus on delivering valuable, compelling, relevant information to them on a consistent basis in order to you know, build an audience of subscribers, loyal and trusted subscribers. And then hopefully if it goes right, they'll buy from you. And I loved this whole idea of communication so much. I left uh, business publishing in 2007 and started what became Content Marketing Institute, which was all about training and education on this area called content marketing. And We're probably best known for our event called Content Marketing World. We started in 2011. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. 
We had the event in Cleveland. We were hoping that, you know, could we get 100 people to come to Cleveland, Ohio to go to this crazy marketing event? And lo and behold, over 600 people showed up. And now, you know, not this year because of all the craziness going on, but, you know, last year we had over 4,000 people attend from like 75 different countries. And, and then my journey went up to 2016. My wife and I owned the company and our goal was always to sell. We sold in 2016. I stayed with CMI until the end of 2017, as we were talking about. And now I'm sort of just dabbling back into marketing. I've written seven marketing books. I've written a novel called The Will to Die. I did that uh, during my sabbatical in 2019 and you know, just enjoying the last few moments with my two teenage boys before, you know, I th- actually, I thought they'd both be gone by now, but they're still here for obvious reasons. I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of them. Uh, but no, we've had a great, you know, outside of all the horrible things that are going on, it has been nice to, to have the my boys still around and enjoying some time with them. So, so yeah, so right now I'm just kind of getting back into it. And my new book comes out in May called Content Inc., uh, which is, you know, basically for entrepreneurs and trying to help them figure out this whole thing called content marketing and growing a business through content. That's great stuff, Joe. And one of the things that we get a lot of resistance from our members and from lawyers in general is looking at the blank page. They think that they have to um, create something from whole cloth. Can you talk a little bit about sort of creating content in the moment, as Gary Vee would say, documenting as opposed to creating? Can you know that hurdle that people get into? Can you talk about that? I think the you know, I would I would imagine lawyers are not the greatest storytellers in the world. So they get a little bit nervous about, okay, do I have something valuable to say? And can I do this? And my recommendation is to start really small and focus on just doing one thing. So if you are a small business owner, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I got to be on LinkedIn. Do I got to do this Twitter thing? What the heck's going on with TikTok? Should I do a blog? What about a podcast? Should I do videos? And you're overwhelmed. You're like, oh my God, I can't do all this. This is insane. All right, take a step back. And all we're asking is, first of all, let's just start with why. Don't feel you have to do anything because maybe it's not a good plan for you. Let's start with why. Why should you create a podcast? Why should you do a blog? I mean, and it starts with your audience. You want to help make your audience, whoever you're targeting in your business, their lives a little bit better, their jobs a little bit easier with the content you create. If you do this really well, hopefully it will help your business, but you have to do it over a long period of time. So I would just say, start small and you have a hypothesis and you say, you know what? I think I'm going to start with a podcast and then just work a little bit ahead. We're going to do a weekly podcast and we're going to get some guests or we're not, or maybe it's just like Tyson and Jim show. And we're going to talk for 45 minutes, kind of like Robert Rose and I do for our marketing podcast. We just talk for an hour about what's going on in the industry. And, And that type of authentic content could be all you need. You know, you never know what it is, what it's going to be. So if you're, let's say you have a proclivity to, uh, maybe you've got, a, a, you should be a weather person and you should be on air and you've sort of got that video thing down. Well, maybe it's a weekly video show. If you can write halfway decent, maybe it's a, you know, a weekly uh, or every other week uh, blog post, or maybe you like really long form content. So maybe it's a monthly meaty article that you're really going to help customers, depending on if your business customers or consumer customers. So Jim, to answer your question, you get two people get just too overwhelmed with it. So I would start with, okay, why am I going to do this? 
What's my ultimate goal? Who am I targeting? Who's that audience? And then once we get that strategy a little bit planned out and written down, then you can figure out, okay, what's the hypothesis? What makes the most sense? Should, should it be a podcast? Should it be a blog? And you just focus on one thing. You don't have to do it all because it's going to take you six to nine months just to get rolling anyways and figure out what this thing ultimately becomes. So be patient and focus on just one thing. Hey, Joe. So do you have a grasp on you know, what the future of content marketing is? And let me, let me give you a little more context. Sure. So like four, four years ago, John Lee Dumas was saying, do podcasting, do podcasting, do podcasting. And guess what? Today, podcasting is freaking huge. I think five or six years ago, people were talking about Snapchat. A few years ago, people were talking about TikTok. And, and there, I've seen successes on all these different platforms. So do you have a grasp of what the future holds when it comes to a, a specific platform or a specific type of, of content people should be pushing out? Yeah, I don't know if you're going to like this question or this answer type. No, I want the honest. The, I want the, the honest answer is yeah. choose. It's the honest answer. So we just, I just had the pleasure of doing about 50 interviews with small businesses all over the world. So these are business, they don't have a lot of money, resources. They're just trying to figure this whole thing out. What we found out is that the difference is they choose. Yeah, we had one person that made a million bucks on TikTok. You had another person that started a $20 million business by launching uh, videos on a Facebook group. You had another, um, you know, many like John Lee Dumas, an entrepreneur on fire that did a podcast. Uh, I got a friend of mine, Wally Koval, that every day he did a picture on Instagram and built an audience of a million people. So it's the fact that they did one thing and they did one thing better than anything else. Uh, I mean, if you look at what's going on in email, people will say, oh, email's dead. Oh, my gosh. The Morning Brew started an email newsletter three years ago. They just sold it for $75 million. Like this, But what did they do? They just did an email newsletter. They just did the best one available the best one possible. So that's where I would say, look, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to be on the, it doesn't, it's not like virtual reality is the next best thing. You don't have to get your TikTok channel going. Could you, is there a thing for first mover? Sure there is. But if you're going to be first mover, just do that one thing really well and become the expert in that. And so that's why when I talk to small businesses, I want to relieve them of some of the pressure that you don't have to, oh my God, how do I figure out this YouTube algorithm and my mesh search engine optimization is horrible. And um, it's like, okay, yeah, you're, you're, you're not going to be great at everything. Let's just be, just be good at one thing. Joe, one of the great concepts in Content Inc. that I really liked and that I took to heart both for my immigration law practice and for this podcast was the power of building an audience and then figuring out later what to do with that audience. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah, it's, it was kind of, so I, I wrote, the first edition of content, it, Jim, as you know, came out in 2015. And at the time, it was sort of a novel concept because you're basically saying, take the risk, build an audience of subscribers, whatever your audience might be, and then let's see what happens. Let's see what the revenue streams are. And I mean, I'm basically, I told the story of how we built Content Marketing Institute, but then said, okay, oh my gosh, there's all these businesses doing out, doing the same thing. So give you an example of how we did it at CMI. So uh, we just started with a blog because so over 22 months, all we were doing was basically a daily blog. It started out as three to four times a week. Then we went to five. Then we went to seven days a week. We just did a blog about a thousand words and we had a blog and an e-newsletter. That's pretty much all we did. So the goal was to say, okay, we get people into the website through the blog. And then hopefully if they really like what we're doing, they'll sign up for the e-newsletter. And we really didn't focus on any type 
of revenue opportunities until we got to, and the goal was to get to 10,000 subscribers. So we knew if we could get to 10,000 subscribers, we could start monetizing. But the great thing that happens is when you build an audience, they will tell you what they will buy. And that's what I didn't expect, Jim, because I thought, oh my God, I had, I have to know exactly what types of revenue I'm going to dr drive in my business. Well, by sort of keeping it open and it does create some angst because you want a strategy. You want to say, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to sell. If you're a lawyer, you know what exactly what kind of practice you're going into, I'm sure. But in this case, I didn't really know what my audience was going to buy. And then I started getting emails and blog comments and said, Joe, are there any events out there in content marketing that we could go to. Joe, is there any training available that we could get access to and pay for? Joe, um, we're looking to do an in-person workshop. Is that something you could do? And they basically just gave us the blueprint for what types of products and services we should offer. So he said, oh, okay, this is, it's not rocket science. Okay, well, okay, uh, I'm hearing that they want to start an event. They want to go to an event. There was no event at the time. Okay, let's launch Content Marketing World. Oh, they they really need some training and we need some training on the corporate side. Is there any available? No. Okay, let's launch Content Marketing University. Not anything new or different. It's just, that's the way that it goes. And uh, if you look at all the other content models in the book, it's like, okay, some people launch merchandising. Some people have affiliate programs. Some people launch consulting services. Some people launch their uh, legal programs. I mean, there's a, there was a, an example in the book about, uh, is it Meso Ilioma or whatever that, and there was a group of lawyers that just had a created one website all around that issue because, as you know, if you have a lawsuit in that area, you know it's it's you know the, the damages can be quite quite steep. So this legal team, that's all they focused on. So they were getting all kinds of people going to that site because that's all they focused on was that informational site, and they had articles every day about that. So and then of course. From that, they had all kinds of extra legal work that came from building that audience. So I think that's where you have to realize if you're going to do this, it does take some time. It takes between nine and 18 months to really get things going. And that's where you have a lot of small businesses that lose their patience and they think after three to six months, you should have something. And I'm here to tell you, no, you won't. I mean, if you have a, a if, if your timetable is six months, go buy advertising, go interrupt a lot of people because it takes time to build a loyal audience. So to do it this way. Now, the great thing is if you, if you are patient, you know that after nine, 12, 15, 18, 22 months, whatever the case is, you, you've built an asset. You've built an asset that is recurring revenue, depending on what your business model ends up being, that will live with you forever and ever and ever. And like CMI, we were able to take, ultimately we built our audience up to 200,000 and we were able to sell that for a lot of money. It worked out really well with us. I don't know what your, whoever's listening to this, what your ultimate goal is, but it was, it was a pretty good exit. So that was actually a pretty good segue. And Jim, I don't know if you noticed, like <laughs> with the things that Joe was mentioning sounded very similar to how Maximum Lawyers sort of played out. It's a, it's a very similar thing, but you mentioned um, the ads versus playing the long game. And I, I, we've, we've seen recently with LSA, with Google, and them sort of pushing things towards the ads sort of a, a, of a market and getting clients. Does that concern you at all when it comes to producing content? Because it concerns me a little bit because it seems you, like- what's the, what's the concern? Where SEO was, was, was for years like the king, right? You build content, you produce blog posts, and, and that's how you get clients because then your website rises in the Google search rankings. But 
now with local search ads with Google, it seems like they're really pushing people that way. So it concerns me a little bit. So do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, they're in the business of advertising and that's their number one priority. So do I think that Google could do a better job in surfacing real results? Yes. I mean, if you go to some of these search engine result pages, some of the results are just terrible and old, by the way. So, you know, but that's what we have right now. And that's what a lot of people are using and whatever. But at the top and the bottom and the side, you've got ads. So there's a couple of things you can do. One, there still is an opportunity for organic search. And I mean, like, look at the opportunity of buying other website properties right now. Like, I'm really into the whole idea of website investing. So that let's say that there is another site that's available that surfaces well for a keyword that you're after. If you could, you go out and buy that site for 10, 20, $30,000. Those things are happening all the time on sites like Flippa and other marketplaces that are available. So that's a great opportunity. Now, let's say that you just can't break through on um, regular search results and you want to build an audience for your content, your blogs, your articles, your podcasts, whatever. So let's say a hundred, let's say you're just getting started. And you have a budget and 100% total budget. And how do I split that up between promotion and content creation? If you just started 25% content creation, 75% promotion. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, Joe, you're the content guy. You're saying spend the majority on promoting that content to start? Absolutely. Because as soon as you start that content, let's say that, that you're doing a blog series or podcast, you're not going to have much of an audience takes a long time to build an audience. Well, do you want to, uh, you know, take a little steroids with that content and grow that as quickly as possible? Okay, well, then maybe you were buying some pay-per-click keywords. Maybe you're buying some Facebook advertising. For example, I, I wanted to, after I got back into this whole marketing thing, I had zero audience. Like, okay, what do, what do, I, what do I do? Well, I wanted to build my email newsletter audience to 10,000 people as fast as possible. So I said, okay, let's create an amazing e-newsletter and I'll take the rest of that budget and put it into, I created a free ebook called Corona Marketing and then promoted it on Facebook. So I'm paying like eh, about 92 cents to sign up, which is pretty good, I think, for somebody signing up to Corona Marketing to get the free ebook and then they get my e-newsletter. And I tell them right there, you're signing up and getting the e-newsletter. It's worked out really well. And in a matter of nine months, we're almost at, 10,000 subscribers. Well, if I put that all into content, I'd probably have a thousand subscribers, really good subscribers, but that's not the goal. So I would say to answer your question, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, finagling going on in search. There's opportunities that used to be there. I mean, you could make a case that if, if you got there early in 2007 and you created a blog, you could dominate a search term. Well, that's not available anymore. You've got to, or, or you've really got to niche it down and figure out something that nobody's focusing on. Or let's promote that, use partners. There's many partners that have audiences. Can you do a partner project, maybe a, a white paper together or a research project together? Or if you have a podcast like you guys do, you bring on a guest. So hopefully that guest promotes that out to their audience and you get more people to your audience, you know, those types of things. It just takes time to do that. But if you methodically work it into the program, you can be successful. Good, good stuff. All right, Joe. So once we have the audience, one thing that I always have trouble with, and I think a lot of people do, is making that pivot from providing valuable content to getting the people to think about a sale. Now, 
where do you think you fall as far, I mean, I, I don't like to be pushy and I don't, I don't want to be pushy. I want it to be sort of attraction and for me to be ready when the lead is ready, but how do you, where do you come down on that? Well, that's why, uh, Jim, I love email because if you deliver an email newsletter and I do this all the time. So I started uh, about a year ago, I started a newsletter called the random newsletter, which is about publishing marketing and finance and all kinds of stuff that I love and wanted to talk about. Well, I, we do, um, I do promotions all the time for our foundation, Orange Effect, which basically is all about helping kids with speech therapy needs. And you're like, okay, well, how do I, and all I do is in the co- content of that, now that I've got, you know, I've got the 9,500 subscribers that open this thing up. And I say, did you know that Orange Effect Foundation is having this program called Silence for Speech Therapy coming up? Would you donate? Would you? So if I'm a lawyer and I have, you know, let's say I have 5,000 subscribers and you have that email newsletter, I have no problem in telling them because you're delivering them something of value for free, good information. Do you think that they would mind you pitching your services a little bit? Not at all. They don't. And I've, I've done this over and over again. They never do it because you're delivering them something amazing for free. And if you said, oh, by the way, I offer these services or, hey, if you need a free consultation on XYZ, you know, click here, let me know. Or can you complete this survey and you can get more detail and maybe lead them a little bit down a funnel depending on what you're trying to do. Or here's my free ebook, would you like to sign up? And if you do, would just, you know, can we do a call or whatever the case is. So the point is, is that if you can get them to opt into something and first and then, and then always deliver valuable information, but within that, and I would say, uh, I always like to do it between the content, not in, in the content itself. So if you have a really good article, go ahead and put something in. So in, in the This Old Marketing Podcast, at the 40-minute mark every time, we say, this podcast is brought to you by whatever. So if you have a podcast, I'd have no problem. Like you guys might say, okay, hey, we're going to stop for a second because we've got this new product we're launching. And you know what? People are going to listen to it if they like it. They don't have a problem with it. I always like to wait until you have something that I call minimum viable audience to do that. What is that for you? Is that a thousand podcast subscribers? Is it 5,000 email subscribers? Get to something where you know you have a loyal audience and then you can go ahead and add that in, but just don't do it in the content. Do it outside of the free, valuable content you're providing. The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer and Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. All right, Joe. So I've got a question for you. Um, right. You've written several books, and you can't say your first book. The answer to this cannot be your first book because okay. I, that's probably right. what the answer is. But which one was the most difficult one for you to write and why? Well, I, this has nothing to do with marketing or publishing, but it was the novel. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know if your audience is interested in it, but the quick story about it is, so I go on this. So we sold the company. We had the great exit. 
stayed on for a year and a half. My, my wife was in the company. She left six months before I did. So 2018, I'm off. And I don't know what happened, but I'm talking with my wife. And um, I, we were talking about how she's never read any of my books. And at that time, I had six marketing books. She never read anything outside of the acknowledgments. She just read the acknowledgments to make sure, okay, what'd you say about me? And then that's it. And hey, hold I on said, real quick though, before, did that hurt your feelings? Or you're like, oh man. Well, well, here, no, here's the thing. So I said, I said, why haven't you ever read any of my books? And she said, if you write something interesting, I will. Oh, that's the one that was the zinger. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is terrible. So I said, okay, I'm going to write you a book that you're going to read. Now she likes thrillers and mysteries. So I said, okay, uh, how do I get this? this thing going. I've never written anything outside of business information before. And I started and honestly, it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. I mean, it is not easy creating a whole world and a story. It took me start, start and stop. It took me for a while. And then finally, now here's the, what the helpful information might be for your audience. I thought I had to plan the whole thing out. And what I realized is I just had to sit down every morning and do the work. So and it, I actually read Stephen King's On Writing, which is a fantastic book on writing. And he says, just, just get up every day and do it. So I got up and I, I blocked out an hour to just write. And I said, I'm not getting up until that hour is over. So I just kept writing and writing. And the first three or four days, I got to tell you, Tyson, the, the information was terrible. Like nobody would ever, like, what am I writing? Do I even know how to, where's the period go? This is terrible. And then I started to get into a groove. I started to feel it. And then 44 days later, I had myself a first draft. And just by doing the work and, you know, edited a little bit and gave it to my wife, Pam, and she read it. And she honestly said she really liked it. And I said, are you kidding me? And so because she really liked it, then I went through the whole process, sent it out to an editor, edited it, the whole thing. And then, you know, beginning of, of 2020, the book came out and we published it called The Will to Die. Uh, and it's about a you know, the main character is a marketer. So I had, you know, ran, ran a marketing agency and it actually hit, you know, on three or four uh, of the um, uh, bestseller charts on Amazon in the subcategories under thrillers. So, I mean, it, it did well, it sold a lot of copies. It was fun to do, but oh my God, it was so uh, difficult to do that. I can, if you said, it, if Jim and Tyson, you said, Joe, write, write us an article on the 10 things that lawyers need to know right now for content marketing. I could have that thing done in an hour. If it's anything about fiction, it is very, very difficult. But the learning of the whole thing is, is when, and Jim, you asked this a little bit before, before about, okay, well, you know, I've got a blank piece of paper. What do I do? Just start the process. And if you, if you start writing or start typing, first day might not work, second day might not work, but if you have to get yourself into a rhythm. This might be a muscle, a storytelling muscle that's weak, that you got to build up that muscle over time, just like anything else, just like eating good food if you want to get healthy or going to the gym or whatever. The same thing happens with content creation. So you have to put in the work, and that's what I had to do with fiction. And thankfully, she liked the book. And I was actually honestly going to write a version two, and then this whole COVID-19 thing came up. And I started getting requests to do a new version of Content Inc. And I decided to do that instead. So I put off the, the novelist career for a while and I'm back in the marketing game. That's awesome. As someone who has dabbled in novel writing myself, I, I have a lot of respect for you having finished it. So that's just great. Um, yeah, it's not easy. Oof. My favorite book of yours and the one that really shook me up was Killing Marketing. And I think that it was a book that needed to be written 
and some things that needed to be said. Do you want to just give everyone the general concept of it so that they can understand what it's about and why it might be for them? Thank you for that killing marketing. It, um, I, for, I thought that title was awesome, by the way. You know how O'Reilly was doing the killing Lincoln and killing. I'm like, let's do killing marketing. I think it'd be fantastic. So a lot of people didn't like it, but we, we liked it. The, the whole idea is that you're seeing convergence of media and marketing. And if you look at, in Tyson, you asked, like, what's the come? I don't think this is going to affect small businesses as much. But if you just look at a medium-sized, large businesses, marketing departments are becoming media enterprises. And you've already seen it with Red Bull and Red Bull Media House. They've got one of the largest media franchises ever around extreme sports and audiences built in that area. You've seen Lego with the Lego movie. Was Lego a manufacturing company or is Lego a media company? Well, Lego is both. That's what you're starting to see. So when we had the idea of killing marketing, we're saying the idea of what we knew as marketing is going away and it's going to be all about building audiences. So, and that's what you're starting to see when you see like a Procter and Gamble that was one of the biggest spenders of advertising forever. And now they're taking a lot of that and creating little subsites called like homemade simple, which I've loved forever, which basically was, you know, how do, and at the time when they started, it was targeted at women. How can women get, get, spend more time with their families? That was their goal. So they had all these tricks and efficiencies and things like that targeted at women. And you had an e-newsletter and now they've got a whole product line just called homemade simple. So they're creating all these things about building these small audiences and that's what we're seeing. Now, do I think that if you're a lawyer, you can do the same thing? Absolutely. So let's say you're just coming out of law school and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, should I go, uh, you know, put my shingle out or should I work at a firm or whatever? Well, if you had a specialty, my recommendation first and foremost, and this is with any industry, but we're, since we're talking about lawyers, is to focus on that niche that you can be the leading expert in the world. And I mean, it's got to be a niche of a niche. So make sure nothing's too small and then build that audience around there. How do you start? Could be a blog, could be a video series, could be a podcast, could be a TikTok, whatever. You know, I don't care. Just pick one and go forward. And then from that, when you build that audience, that's that killing marketing model where you can drive 10 different types of revenue from building that audience. There's six different types of traditional media revenue opportunities. And there's four different types of, if you are, a lawyer, traditionally, how would drive you- revenue? Media is, I could launch an event. I could sell sponsorships like you guys just had the, the ad on your program. I could do affiliate marketing. I could ask for donations. I could do specialized training or subscription properties. Okay, that's the media revenue side. And then if you go to the outside, it's like, oh, I could sell products or I could sell services just like you would normally do as a lawyer. Or I could create more loyal customers or I could create lawyers that spend more or I could create an audience that spends more money with me. That's the killing marketing model. I talk more about it in the in the new version of Content Inc. coming up. But I think if you were going to start a business, that's the model. It's the least risky model. It's the most accessible model because Media has been democratized today and we can all be publishers and we can all reach an audience. Is it easy? No. Does it take time? Yes. Does it, is it capital intensive? Doesn't have to be. I think that would be the way to go. And, and that's where we see, no, and I'm, and I'm a basic, I'm, I mean, I got my uh, master's degree. I'm definitely a pro education guy, but I'm seeing a lot of these kids come out of high school and they're starting these audiences and they're becoming multimillionaires by the time they're 21, 22. Who am I to say that that's wrong? 
So, and that's what you're starting to see because they're, they're growing up in this whole world of, oh, I can actually build an audience on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever it is. And then they can sell whatever they want. So that's, that's sort of the, probably longer than what you wanted to, but that's the idea behind killing marketing. Loved it, loved it. All right, so we do need to wrap things up, Joe. I could talk to you for freaking hours. This is, this is such a, a good episode. Can you tell people how to get in touch with you though before we wrap? Yeah, I mean, I'm joepolizzi.com, uh, P-U-L-I-Z-Z-I.com. It's got, it's got my seven books on there. Uh, you sign up for uh, my random newsletter. It comes out every other Thursday. And then if you want a little free gift, Go to joepolizzi.com and then you can click on Corona Marketing. That's my latest marketing book and it's completely free. And I've got, uh, I don't know, 13, I think, different things that you could do right now to help build your audience in one way or another. Some about three or four of the things we talked about on here. So there's, there'll be some new stuff on there to get you going, but that's called Corona Marketing and, and uh, so joepolizzi.com. I already, I just did it as you were talking. Thank you. Your confirmation email is on the way. So it's there you go. Hey, it worked. Thank God. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So we do need to wrap things up before I do. I want to remind everyone to join us in the guild. If you're interested, maxlawguild.com. We have a lot of great presenters in the guild and a lot, just a great group of people. Also, if you don't mind just taking a few seconds at the end of this episode or right now, as you're listening to our tips and hacks to give us a five-star review, Jimmy, what is your hack of the week? So we're getting close to the end of the year, and I suspect that some of our listeners are sitting around saying, hey, we need to do some of this marketing stuff in 2021. And I really encourage everyone to remember that at the end of the day, what marketing is talking about is, are you going to be able to have a transaction where somebody hires you? And so to really spend time drilling down to that end piece of the marketing journey. So what are you doing right and what are you doing wrong? that's either helping or hurting your chances of getting someone to hire you. I like it. Good job, Jimmy. All right, Joe. So we always ask our guests to, get, to give a tip or a hack of the week. Do you got something for us? And I'll, I'll just lead right off of what Jim's saying. In order to make that happen, we all have limited resources. I would look at what you're doing from a marketing standpoint right now. And let's say you've got four or five or six or seven different things going on. And I would do your audit and, and hopefully by 2021, you're not doing three or four of those things. So as if you're doing seven or eight things mediocre, I want you to do two or three things exceptionally well in order to free up the time and energy to be great at those things. You've got to kill off some of these things that are just wasting everybody's time. That's fantastic. That actually fits in perfectly with something, a secret project that Jim and I are working on. So that's, that's really right. So my tip of the week is something that Jim told me about, and I don't think Jim that you gave that as a hack, but StreamYard is awesome. So StreamYard is something that uh, I use this week for a live show that we're going to start producing for the firm. And it is awesome. You can put graph, uh, your logos, graphics on the screen and everything. And it is really freaking awesome. It is a great platform for producing live videos. But uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've got kiddos in the background, so I'm going to start to wrap things up. Thank you. That's so great. No. Thanks, Joe. That was great being on, guys. That was great. Thanks, guys. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.